It's been a while since a director went from making an entry in America's Biggest Franchise to making a big, bold, original, potentially off-putting movie, but in 2006, Alfonso Cuaron went straight from Harry Potter to the Apocalypse. The Mexican filmmaker had quite the career explosion in the early 2000s. He went from Dickens adaptations and Spanish language dramas to making the best, according to some, but not Cody, Harry Potter movie, and becoming one of the most nominated people in Oscars history. And what better time to revisit an apocalyptic movie where, where a flu pandemic is killing off entire countries than right this second, especially one that presents the apocalypse in a grounded and realistic way. So let's not be babies about it and hop into talking about Children of Men. tell you that you're a fascist pig this is best pictures the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive i'm cody lunsford and i'm joined as always by i can't really remember when i last had any hope i'm chad woke up felt like shit i went to work felt like shit i'm mark watlington So this episode's going to have some fun energy. <laughs> Weirdly, a very optimistic movie. I guess. Yes, kind yes. Kinda. At the end. I think it is. It's about yeah, optimism. It is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. about like a spark it's of a, hope in, in the darkness. Um, but like it's the last still Jedi. a lot of darkness. Like The Last Jedi. A lot of darkness. But it's, uh, but it's always darkest before the dawn, Mr. Wayne. Um, so if you've stopped listening to our podcast because there were six fucking nerd things in a row, I understand. But if you're still listening, um, the way this show works is we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. Last episode, uh, we started our 2006, uh, segment and Chad picked Mm -hmm. Nacho Libre, but now it is Mark's turn. And Mark went to arguably the polar opposite of Nacho Mm -hmm. Libre and chose Children of Men. Although both tens and tangentially mexican yeah true one is set T- in mexico by an american gently the other one's set right. in england by a mexican so right yes um but we're gonna talk about children of men later before oh. we're gonna talk about our potentially equally as bleak trips to the <laughs> megaplex <laughs> Yeah, mine was certainly bleak. Chad, why don't you start? Yeah, yeah, why don't you start? I watched The Assistant. Um, I assume that's the one I'm talking about, Cody. Yes, you usually. It is because that's Cole. the only 2020 movie you watched. Yeah, is it 2020 or 2019? It is 2020 for our purposes. It was cool. released in film festivals in 2019, but its actual release Got was it. 2020. Yes, well, it was very, very good. Uh, it's kind of a, a day in the life of an assistant who works for a Harvey Weinstein-esque uh, executive. I think, is it supposed to like canonically be Harvey Weinstein? They never say his name. Do you know? Not canonically, but it, okay. it, it it's supposed to be that type of person, but it's right. not like literally him. Um, like at one point, someone evident. answers the phone and is like, they start to say the, like their company and then they get interrupted and it, it sounded like they were about to say the Weinstein oh, company. Interesting. So, like, well, yeah. they refer to him by some weird moniker throughout, which I found kind of strange. Weird um, moniker. They have some name, uh, like some like name that they're calling him. Oh, well, they um, just say he. Like, I can't remember. 
He needs no. This. They needs something business. like the produce. They don't say producer. They say something weird at some point because uh, I, I clocked it. But na- I I don't remember that. I, I just remember them down, so I don't saying remember. he yeah. never being specific. But um, but yeah, it's sort of a day in the life of this assistant, and it's interest. Like the way it was marketed, I remember seeing the trailer and thinking like that looks like the most intense like thriller movie ever. And in in some ways, I guess it is a mm-hmm. thriller, but like. I could also, yeah. s- if like an incredibly unintelligent person watched this movie, I could kind of see them saying nothing happened in that movie. Like literally, it was just a girl who had like a kind of bad day at work. Um. Okay, so Chad's calling me out. Um, no, <laughs> oh. I, 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 I like it more than to say nothing happened. But there is a lot of like monotonous, tedious, like you are just mm-hmm. watching a girl do her job for a lot of it. And I understand that it's a bit of a slow burn cinema yeah. and that's the idea. But it made but me it's sleepy. Like, like one of the big, and we talked about this before the podcast. Like the best scene in the movie involves her mm-hmm. like going to HR to complain about something, and that HR rep right. tra- like twists everything she says to make it sound like it's nothing. Like she has nothing. Like like what are you right. doing? Like Mark, the HR person is played by Tom from Secession. Matthew oh, McFadden. I like him. Yeah, and so it's it, it's a it's a good scene. Yeah, Ooh, it, it, like that's the scene where like I about cried from stress watching it. It was it's yes. so intense. I don't disagree. You, yeah, it makes you feel so small because it makes her feel so small. It just like, right and powerless. It's ugh. right. Yeah, I I think I mostly like the movie, but its slowness was hard for me. But I think sure. that is one of my one of. I'm not going to say my favorite. I think it is one of the best scenes of a movie this entire year. I think the, like that as a short film would have been pretty like mm. earth shattering in some ways, yeah, which would have been I cool. Um, I mean, that scene is just like a masterclass of like suspense and like dialogue and kind of like twisting right. things in interesting ways. Um, right. Yeah. But there is just a bit of like, oh, she's uh She's making coffee now. Cool. Um, again, I understand the purpose why it just didn't fully and work for me. But the director who did this directed a movie called Casting John Bonet, which kind of okay. told the story of the John Bonet Ramsey murders mm. through stage moms bringing their daughters to audition for the role of John Bonet. Hmm. It's it's a really fascinating documentary, um, but this is, I think, her first um, narrative yeah. film. And it, she feels um, like it makes a lot of sense that she's a documentary filmmaker because um, it does feel yeah. like very... It, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what I, yeah. I appreciated the movie, I think, a lot. I've never had, like, an abusive boss like Weinstein or this guy in the movie at all. But, mm-hmm. I, like, working in, like, for a studio, I have done. And the, like, amount of just insane pressure on, like, the most menial tasks is, like, a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And... Yeah, the, the like some of my favorite scenes are like when she's typing an email apologizing for her mistake and like the two guys are like hovering over her shoulder telling her like, oh, add this, like add that. Like you're just like not right. even a real person communicating anymore. You're just like literally going through these motions. <coughs> and the horrors. You, you, well, you're the, just playing the part. Yeah. yeah. The horrors of that, I think, were pretty effectively communicated as well. I don't know. It was I, I would almost call this movie a horror movie legitimately. 
in 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 ways I could yeah. see it. Um, like the horrors just aren't Chad, demons and ghosts. It's just the horrors of like corporate entertainment. Well, isn't man the real monster, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Um, what uh, Chad is is this a picky for you? Yeah, it's a picky for me. We hadn't talked about that, but it is. Yeah. Okay. I think it may be for me as well, just performance-wise, which means mm-hmm. Mark, our boy, you I'll are going to have to watch it. It's been something some that I've been meaning to watch for a while. It's just that, and this gets into my version of the Megaplex, I have been preoccupied watching sports um, right. these past few days or weeks. Um, because well, also, this is a movie where like you have to be in the right headspace for it, but at the same totally. time, you are never in the correct headspace for yeah. it. Especially, like, the like, only day that I read... <laughs> The only day that I really had to, like, sit down and, like, watch a movie, I was, like, kind of hungover and very sunburned. Um, right. So I did not feel like watching that movie. Um, That's but, the day where you fucking throw on a Mission Impossible or something like that. Yeah, I watched, like, four episodes of The Great on Hulu, which is, like, it's, right. it's okay, yeah. I like to call it The Good. Cody, I think um, but you not and I the great. are very different people. <laughs> um, if I'm hungover, I think a Mission Impossible movie would just, like, hurt my head more. I think I would need like just a movie to make me feel sad <laughs> at those I wasn't like oh never a sad movie it's cartoons or action movies I wasn't like headache hungover I was just like yeah, right. exhausted hungover gotcha. exactly yeah, and that's when yeah. I need um, I, I mean, need like a movie to meet me at my emotional state where like I need to just like allow it to make uh, me sadder I think um, not sadder I, I just need but just something like... that doesn't I need something that I don't have to think about too much. That's actively what I need is like anything. But um, anyway, Mark watches watch sports. If my it's parents listen to this, I was hungover from candy. Yes, um, you're 21. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm 21. That's right. Hi, I'm 21. Um, <laughs> well, you're over 21, is yes. what I meant. Yeah, 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 but I did just claim you were 21. Like um, an idiot. That's right. That I'm 21. Funny. So if I've, I've definitely haven't talked about alcohol before on this podcast. Um, right. I have been watching sports recently because I love baseball, and baseball started mm, four months after it was supposed to, um, and I could wake up tomorrow and it's canceled because um, the administration (laughs) that runs baseball is inept. Um, They are not doing a great job at keeping players You could even say they're doing a bad job at keeping players (laughs) safe. Actively bad job, you could say. Yes. How bad Um, do you think this pandemic is going to be by the time this episode comes out? (laughs) Worse. Yeah, who knows? Much worse. <laughs> if worse. baseball is still I around, have, it's a miracle. I have stopped worrying about that 12 episodes ago when the pandemic first started, and it just continually gets worse. That is um, 24 so, weeks. So, I wonder if that is or It's no, sorry, not 20, true. I don't know. It, it, I wonder if that is accurate. 24 it, it, weeks is pretty damn close. Um, oh, that is actually close. But, um, but baseball, yes. Baseball is very good. Um, Mm -hmm. after a day full of watching baseball, I decided to watch Moneyball again. Moneyball, to me, is a movie that, like, on paper should be my favorite movie because it's got Brad Pitt. Aaron Sorkin wrote the script, and it's about baseball. And it's about... I tell you often it should be your favorite movie just based on those things. And, like, not only is it about baseball, it's about, like, the business side of baseball and like well, specifically 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 moneyball which is like right. stats baseball which is great it, it's um, specifically math which is yeah what you do for a living basically yes. um mark have you watched, what and have you watched everybody mm-hmm. wants some 
I love that okay, movie. Good. It's in my yeah, letterbox. It stays four. and confused by yes. baseball, so I thought that would be a, a, a natural hit for you. Okay. It's like Days and Confused with more baseball and less bullying, which is just like yeah. Mwah. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, I think you'll probably end up watching it for whatever that miniseries is. But uh, yeah, continue well, talking money. Yeah. Um, Moneyball, I, I finally realized what, why the Moneyball doesn't feel like an Aaron Sorkin movie, and it's because Aaron Sorkin, like, rewrote the script instead of wrote the script. So it doesn't have, like, the arrogant man right. who is, like, you know, monologuing about how his way of doing things is better. It's, like, mm-hmm. a regular, like, Steve Zalian script with, like, Sorkin snark and dialogue. They, they walk um, gotcha. They walk not and they really, talk. Really, not they? a lot of walking and talking. It's a lot of like standing around and talking, or like sitting in a boardroom and talking. See, that's the problem. Um, yeah. Walk they and got- talks are really more of a Tommy, like a West Wing thing. You know, they should walk because and of talk like around the bases is what they should do in that movie. You really don't see a ton of baseball in that movie. Most of the baseball you see is like either practice or montage. Hmm. Um, right. It's really good though. Um, I like money. I feel like every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more, but it's never like broken three and a half stars for me. Um, gotcha. You've also really been good. watching probably, basketball, right? I've also been watching basketball. Um, it's right. basketball has been around for, I mean, shorter cause it just started after baseball. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Sorry. I thought you were going to be like, you said basketball has been around and I was like, are you about to give us a history lesson? What exactly are <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, uh... baseball, baseball was invented on the Elysium Fields in the uh-huh, early 1800s. Yeah. No one's really sure where it right. came from. It's an adaptation of stickball and cricket. Uh, right, um, exactly, right, exactly. Um, uh, yes, basketball, I've watched a little bit of, and they here's why Cody has been fascinated with basketball. Because they're playing it at Mickey's house. They are playing yes. it at the court that Mickey built behind his house. And they are coming and scrimmaging uh, at Mickey's house. Basketball and, no. is literally the only sport in America, perhaps the world, that is has a commissioner that knows what he's doing. Um, no, the bubble thing is a good idea. And I think a- that's what they're going to end up doing for the Olympics is the bubble where you just you live yeah which is yeah. the idea behind the olympics a lot of the time well, but i think they're just going to enforce it more theoretically for the olympics everyone will get a vaccine before they go um let's hope um, but basketball like they've been safer because like hey you can go to disney world where they've taken a billion precautions or you can stay at yeah. your hotel and that's kind of it and and with baseball really it's like every four days you get on a bus and go to another city um right. And if you want to stay in your hotel room, that's cool. If not, I don't yeah. know. We'll find you later. And if if four <laughs> players on your team test positive, then it's like your team takes a vote on whether or not to play the next game. It's pretty good. Sense, fucking though. stupid. They take um, a vote. They don't yeah, just yeah. say like, like literally. Not a joke, Chad. Not literally. Play. In the like the the Marlins had like four or five players come yeah, back positive about this. and the GM yeah. was like, yeah. So we just like texted the shortstop who like is kind of our go-to for these kind of decisions. And everyone was like, you didn't, you're the coach. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. stupid. I'm so tired of like just the right. stupidity. <laughs> like that's just common sense stuff. It's like, well, the, the thing just, is like, hmm. Sports being back in general is probably not safe as a whole. I think is like 
probably the widely outside of a thing. bubble. But if you are going to play sports, the NBA is doing the proper way to yes. do it. Yeah, and yeah. The, it is safer to just not do it. Mm-hmm. But it, but they are doing the safe way, and I, it I is agree. going it's to just, be fascinating. Yeah, what's what's annoying me is not the fact that sports back; it's the fact that like players on a team can test positive and like they just practice together and you still are like well should we play right. the game it's like no you shouldn't play the game you should cancel the yeah. game ba- like that's obvious <laughs> yeah the <laughs> chat is no longer a baseball fan um anyway is- i also watched sure. the natural <laughs> <laughs> okay i was about to talk about football because we all graduated from auburn and uh college and professional football is going to be yeah it's gonna be different a nightmare the fun thing about college football is that the players don't get paid um (laughs) right (laughs) for putting their lives in danger and also uh it's bad as an auburn fan because it is conference only and we are in the only conference we are in the hardest conference yeah a that's the sports reason to be mad at it but b like (laughs) hey even if it's your conference what they consider the southeast is still most of the country. Yeah, like, like it's over a to huge Texas part now. of the country. Like, it used right. to be more and down like, in the southeast, but it's expanded out to like right. And it's like no, no, no. It's safe. You can travel to the other side of the country. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> the natural dumb. is it good? <laughs> the natural's pretty good. Mark. It's long. Um, what is the natural? Mm-hmm. But it's. The natural so the yeah, natural is that. is about this guy who I it's not really a it's spoiler at all. In the beginning of the movie, he's like a like a baseball player who's like incredibly good, was about to sign a contract when he got like shot. And then like 20 years later, mm. he comes back and no one really knows who he is, but he's just like a incredibly good baseball player who's like 40 and they're like, "Wow, this guy's right. just a natural." Um and it's it's kind of like a magical realism, kind of like tall tale movie. It's set in like the '30s, back when like right. baseball was like the definition of America, and like right, you know, Babe Ruth had like folk songs. The main guy is, um, what is, is his it name? Betty or Beatty? Oh, who's Butch Cassidy, or specifically the Sundance Kid? Um, Redford. Robert Redford. Yes. I'm oh, pretty okay. sure. Cool. I like Robert um, Redford. He's a good actor. It's The Natural is definitely a, a, a good movie, and it reminds me of the times when baseball was like wholesome and good, the 30s. Um, <laughs> mind you, baseball was the only thing that was wholesome and good in the 30s, and also it was segregated, <laughs> right. so it really wasn't that wholesome. Yeah. It was like, when did Jackie good, Robinson though. <laughs> the 50s. Uh, um, yeah, so, I don't know. Look, it's it, not it, perfect. So it's a it's a Barry Levinson movie. Yeah. Uh, director of Rain Man, uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Better than Rain Man, better than Good Morning Vietnam. Um, okay. Neither of those are movies that I, like I really like those movies much. well enough for what they are. Um, um, but uh, what's interesting, and this would be a good transition, but we haven't talked about my Megaplex yet, but uh, Barry Levinson did produce A Little Princess which is an Alfonso Cuarón directed film. So keep that in mind. Uh, I, I should also say that talk about what you watch. Did, did right, you rent right, anything right. to watch well, for? I mm, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'm, I'm I am glad that Mark did talk about all these sports movies, and it is a good time to announce that whenever we reach the current year of best pictures, we are just going to, um, just like 
slide into just being a podcast that only watches sports inspirational films um, like Invincible and uh, mm-hmm. Miracle. Basically, the Disney variety specifically. Uh, what are well, also what are like Glory uh, Road. Remember um, the Titans. We are the what's the what's, those, we are what's the Jesus movie about football? Oh. We are Giants. Oh, facing uh, the Giants. facing the Giants. Facing the Giants. Yes, that one. And we are Marshall. Wow, that would as well. be a. Ooh, that would be a time warp to go back and watch Facing the Giants. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. you gotta, like, I saw no, that in pr- You got to pray really hard, then Jesus will get you a pickup truck and. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and He's and a gotta, touchdown. You got to trust in him and you can kick the field goal good. Yep. You know, they made, they've made a second. Those people have made a second football movie. I think, I think it came out recently. Um, yeah. Those movies keep making Buku's money. Um, no, we're not going to transition into a sport podcast, but you know, Mark is watching sports right now because he's happy sports are back. We may talk about some of those movies in the future. I don't know. Might, but what I, I'm the only person who went out to watch a movie. <gasps> Scandal. Everyone's yeah, mad. Yeah, because there's a pandemic. Where, where did Cody go? You went to yeah, a movie Cody. theater? Ooh, you bad We're responsible. Oh, but you, th- you are mistaken, mm-hmm. my friends, because <gasps> I hopped in my little car, and I drove like you do to a theater. Everything to a movie seems theater? normal so far. Yeah, that seems normal. That's what you do. But uh-huh. I didn't get out of the car. I parked right in front of a screen, and I tuned my radio, and I watched the film at something called a drive-in. Um, oh, you stayed which were popula- in your car. Popularized in the 1950s. Um, you know, that that's where they would play B-horror B films, which is actually pretty fitting because the movie I watched was uh, The Wicker Man. The, the <laughs> that's, that's, that's uh, the biggest B-horror film. Get it? Because they sting bees. It, oh, I get it. Sorry, it really, and the, and it bee, genuinely did take me that long. The yeah. bees. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, no, I, I get it now. Watch the Wicker Man. I watched a uh, horror movie that is directed by an actor, which is kind of a trend that has happened a lot in the past couple of years with your Jordan Pills, your John Krasinski's. This was Dave Franco, um, and it's called The Rental. Um, it is a movie where. Um, you know, two couples. I'm sorry. Um, did you? You said you rented this movie. Yeah, Mark. I no. tried to do that. <laughs> do you <laughs> transition earlier, and Cody just like walked right over it and uh, did its own oh. thing. So, yeah, I'm I'm forging my own path. Um, no, remember the whole long story about me driving to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't drive to a so red box. It I worked better before the drive-in. The theater story i think gotcha okay you could have okay. rolled yeah. with it yeah off of me but you didn't say do we want to like try it again cody about. do you want to start from the top and you change so <laughs> no cody, i don't did you rent don't. something to watch no we are not going back okay, um I mean, so I, so it's a, i can cut this out it's write the time cut down <laughs> <laughs> okay that's good it's gonna be convoluted people are gonna have to you're gonna have to release the forbidden tapes <laughs> no it's a it's a Dave Franco movie and um it um it's about two couples and they basically stay at an Airbnb and it was billed as a horror movie to me that's kind of all I knew going in I actually didn't watch a trailer or anything because I was just like I want to just go to Is it not a drive in and I mean, it. look, here's the thing. It's an hour and 30 minutes. I would say for an hour and 10 minutes, it's basically about 
couples and their relationships while staying at this Airbnb. And there's occasional weird stuff that happens, but nothing too crazy. Hmm. And then in the last 20 minutes, a slasher, eh, maybe not uh, 30, I guess I'll give it. Something goes wrong. They have to deal with that thing. That's 10 minutes. And then the last 20 minutes are like, oh, by the way, here's a slasher. Time for murder. It is very strangely kind of formatted. And I still think I mostly enjoyed it because it has pretty good performances. It's got it's Dan Stevens and Allison Brie are the two big names in it, and the other two actors are good as well. Um, but it's it's interesting for what the type of movie it is. Um, but I don't know that I loved it. It it felt a lot like that wave of quote unquote mumblecore horror movies that came out, you know, probably five years or so. Was there it a felt, wave of mumblecore um, horror? In, Yes. Like what do you, yes. what comes to mind? Um, like creep. Ki- creep is a good example of that. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, because the Duplasses were literally yeah. um, involved. Um, you're next. There's a, there's a couple uh, others remember, that yeah, kind of fall in that, next, where it's the yeah. same team of people. What's and it's the, the improvy dialogue? Duplass and, like and Elizabeth Moss movie. Oh, what is that movie? Oh, that's not a horror movie, but it is weird, and I actually like that movie. I a lot. like the, the movie one I too. love. The one I Would love, yes, the, yeah, it's good. The invitation kind of meets that same bill. That's a very good horror movie. I don't, I don't think so. It's not very. Horror. It's not improv-y. It's not improv. Yeah, all, it, it doesn't have the same. And I don't know like that the rental is very. Ish, but like, but it's so building the rental. Ha- yeah, I think the invitation does a better job of tension the whole way through mm. and like the i don't know the rental i guess is not that dissimilar from the invitation i guess that's a okay. actually pretty good comparison but um and this you know this one's not fully improv but there's a lot of like hey let's just talk about random stuff i don't know i don't yeah. know it's fine now you're saying invitation and i'm thinking about invitation and that's just a far superior oh movie. it's Such so a good, good. Uh, everyone should watch that movie it's it is from the director of Jennifer's Body and oh, the director of the upcoming Dracula film. Karen, Karen Kusama. Kusama rules. I thought that was great. Um, what? I, I thought that, <laughs> what? that was Hit called. Hit me with that one more time. I thought that that was called <laughs> Dr. Acula. <laughs> Doctor Acula is what you what you what you think that that that's what you heard. That's what I thought it was called. Yeah. It'd be it'd be a good you, title. You thought there was a period after the R in Dracula, yeah, and you thought it was a movie too, about a doctor, yeah. a doctor who was also a vampire. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Like a, like okay, a, fl- a lot to unpack here. From from like a blood doctor. Uh, I mean that. Then you have a conflict of interest. I thought you know maybe just like a normal, like a regular he's just a pediatrician, doctor. maybe an OBGYN. <laughs> I don't know. That could be interesting. Right. Yeah. He's just. <laughs> good lord. Um. Yeah, I don't think Dave Franco's a bad director. You can kind of see some skills here, but this feels mm-hmm. really like a small budget. Like they gave him some money to yeah. give it a shot. Um, you think he'll look? Uh, is it be back and and better in a future project? I kind of think so because I have not seen that many James Franco directed movies, but I think this may be better than any James Franco directed movie I've seen. And the disaster, I guess, artist disaster artist. Is yeah. the only contender, and yeah. I didn't love that movie as much as I thought. So did he direct um, Palo Alto? Probably equal footing for me, or was he just like? In yes, it which I have not it. seen. It's okay. I have not seen Palo Alto. It's okay. Yeah, it's kind of. I, mean, 
I'm thinking mostly of Indubious Battle, which sucks so bad. He also did a um, Mice and Men, right? Another Steinbeck. Yes. Yeah. He he does a lot of like, hey, has this classic been adapted? Okay, let me do it, but also nobody hears that I've made it. So nobody right. sees it. I right. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um but it's yeah, it it it's it's worth a if you're going to the drive in it's worth a watch, is basically what I would say. Um Would you say it's I, worth I go out of my way so it can get like three ninety nine for like two days? Uh, sure. Like, is it a yes, good it's rental? Rental, I suppose, if you really want to continue and, with that joke. And that's it, the it, show, it, folks. It work. <laughs> that's it. Uh, children of Man? No, I don't know. So, Children of Man. Impossible. Um, Mark? Yes. <laughs> Great. So, let's start there. <laughs> let's start that. Let's yeah. start there. Uh, ding! <laughs> The movie is called Children of Men, but the children, children come from uh, the ch- there's uh, there's only one child, and it comes from a woman. Yeah. Ding ding <laughs> uh, ding! No boobs in this scene. Well, there is um, boobs in one scene. Anyway, comes to mind. <laughs> she kind of covers it up. That probably made it, made Cinema Sense mad. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> and then she didn't give him a lap dance, so that is often right, right, right. often a sin in film, according to that YouTube channel. You can't um, see her vagina when she gives birth. <laughs> can't you a little bit? Ding! For like a split second? I mean, a, a little, little bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. I think it's um, a CG vagina. Ding! Ding! It takes place in London, which is not where I live. <laughs> Sin. Um, ding! They, they said that no one's had children since 2009. I was born after 2009. <laughs> Ding! Juliet Moore is in England, but doesn't have a British accent, and nobody can travel right now, so what's up? Anyway, uh, Children of Men is a film that is deeply flawed, as we've already discovered. Yeah. But it is possibly the one most that flawed we enjoy, movie I think. we've talked about on the podcast. <laughs> Probably. It's the only one with Probably. plot holes. Yeah. <laughs> only one with quote unquote plot holes. Um, but, Mark, you picked it. Yeah. And bruh, why the fuck? What's up? <laughs> Why'd you pick it? Um, <laughs> no, it's good. I don't know why I framed it like that. <laughs> I feel like um, growing up and reading the renowned film blog, Cracked.com, I learned a lot <laughs> great, about how great this movie was. Well, I feel like one of the writers just yeah. really liked this movie. And any time they talked mm-hmm. about like good scenes, they mentioned one of the scenes in this movie. Was it the Specifically, car scene? like... Mm-hmm. The car scene or, yeah. like, one of the final scenes in the road, um, you know, like, mm. there is a specific type of, like, film person that loves long takes, especially, like, kind of mid-2000s to, like, the t- 2010s. It was, like, that kind specific of type is the Cracked.com uh, film guy. And yes. Yeah. It is, like, sp- like a very much a... I mean, because, like, the whole thing about long takes is that it's kind of like a ballsy look what I can do kind of thing, which is like, yeah. I don't think that's the sole yes. purpose of doing that. No. Um, it's sometimes it, it can certainly be, become that. I think like I a young think, Paul Thomas right. Anderson was kind of like, like, Hey, let's just do it because it'll be like bold and awesome. And yeah. yeah. It'll and be like cool. Birdman is yeah. like that, but I feel yeah. like this is like different than that. I was anyway. Um, but yeah, like I, sure. this in my mind has always been like one of the great films. Um, so mm. Mm. that I 
feel like at one point in college when Cody was out of town, I like rented it from Hastings and watched it. And hey, what do you know? It's really good. Um, yeah, the thing about it is that it is it good. It is good. Um, it, it, it is it's one of those things good. where like people with film degrees our age talked about it so much that it's one of the movies that you're like, okay, but is it actually as good? And the answer is definitely yes. It is that But it good. also, like, I feel like nowadays it's one of those movies that, like, everyone knows is good, but it isn't, like, brought up a ton in, like, greatest of all times. And I wouldn't call it greatest of all times, you're, but it's almost, like, underrated It has kind of faded from the... Yeah, it's it has kind of faded from the conversation in and a bit. It's, it's weird to me that oh, like boy. a lot of the movies that have not slipped away from the conversation from like a the similar time frame, like thinking specifically sure. of like uh I mean just a few years later we had like Inception and people kind of still talk about Inception and like other yeah. Nolan movies as like constantly best yeah. in the world. And then this movie I think is like miles ahead of Inception. Um Okay, well, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. I mean, they're later. both very good. I mean, it's yeah. good, a good movie. But, like, yeah. this um, movie I, is just, like, the, the world is, like, more imaginative in, like, a less showy yes. way. Yeah, um, I think that it has a mm-hmm. really interesting and um, seemingly accurate depiction of, like, a... You know, it's not the apocalypse, but it is kind of a hopeless situation. Totally. Um, right. And I, 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 and it's kind of like a grounded take to that. It's not like hyper futuristic or hyper everything has blown up. It's just like, hey, everything's kind of shitty, but it kind of looks like the world you know, but it's a little bit in the future. Because a lot of times when movies are set in the future, they go like far future and crazy high tech. Right. And it's like, well, but in the span of like 10 to 20 years, how high tech is it? Yeah, it was like 20 years in the future at the time. And Mm. like now that we are closer to this the setting of this movie than we are to the production of this movie like right it seems pretty accurate it's like you know we have computers and travel and immigration problems like right. um it's it's all still here um i feel like right. one of the reasons that this movie has kind of faded is because um crack.com closed down um <laughs> Well, I also think it. I think it's actually more that Nolan was releasing movies constantly, and so there was always a new Nolan to talk about. And Corone has released two movies since this. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I mean, so but also, like, and a lot of people I didn't mean, really I like Gravity. I did. Gravity's okay. a masterpiece. Yeah, I don't know why you yeah, wouldn't it, like Gravity. It, it, well, I think that like it kind of the the long take has kind of like people have grown tired of it almost. And I think part of that is because people get like fancy with editing nowadays or you can make Mark, you say that, but we gave a movie an Oscar nomination mostly because it was all a one take this past year. Um, yes. Sure. That movie has other elements, but like let's, yes, it, no, no. it was the one take that propelled it. Yes, to it. But yeah. I watched that movie and rolled my eyes every time it cut to black and was like, Oh no, it's still one take. Um, <laughs> right, right, so right. like, I feel like those, those kind of tricks are more obvious now. And like, you know, yeah. true detective did a long take, like every season of yeah, daredevil has a long take. Like yeah, there's, there are, they're almost like a dime a dozen nowadays. Yeah. But I'm never really going to shake a tree branch at a one take. Like I still find them yeah. impressive, no. but I just impressive don't think, and... that, I don't think having a one take 
inherently makes it yes. good. So I just think well, like I think when that, it is like, I'll, well I'll walk you through like my experience watching this movie for the first time. Yes. So yeah, I had yeah. never watched it before. And Did I you knew know? like at some point there's gonna be a car scene that's all one take. It's very famous. I don't know when it is. And then I got like halfway through the one take and like I was on the edge of my seat and then I realized like, oh, this is the one take. Like it just sort of passed yeah. by me because it was so masterfully done. I was yeah. just it, what it I does don't necessarily when notice them as well. When it's yeah. successful, it just like immerses you in and you don't even realize you're in it. You're just like it's just suspenseful. Um, yeah, I mean that the the car right. scene is so great. I mean we, we we'll talk about the plot of this movie. But the, the the car scene of this movie is like they're driving somewhere and there's like a conversation happening in the car mm-hmm. and the the long tape of mm-hmm. it all makes it seem like really intimate of a conversation. And it's yeah. in a car yes. and the camera's in the car with them and it's like if you think about it, it's and I've seen I mean there's like a thousand YouTube videos of like how they constructed this car so they could like move the camera over the headrests and like up and out of the car and like pass mm-hmm. it off to other cars um That's but crazy. it's like it's so intimate and then like julianne moore gets fucking shot and yeah. then and right. then it's still a long take but it's now an action scene right. instead of yeah. like a and intimate moment where you're learning about these characters backgrounds yeah that turn is so horrifying right. and stark because it's like it, it's the whole thing is like its own story of like conversation and levity moving into life or death and yeah Yeah. it's beautiful wonderful well that's what this movie is good at is kind of the like mundaneness of the end of the world and i think that opening scene where he's just trying to get a fucking coffee and walks out and then there's a giant explosion like i i find that opening scene so i'm I'm not the first to find it really good but it but it really sets the tone for what this will be like which is moments of normalis normalis normalcy (laughs) normalcy don't know why i lost it normalcy um and then buttoned with some of the most like intense, but loud. Violence. I also, yeah, I really mean, cool. that opening scene is so great because everyone in the coffee shop is watching the news, and the mm-hmm. news is doing some good like mm-hmm. world building. But he is also just yep. like trying to buy a fucking coffee, and that's how I feel like when I'm on Twitter right. and like some shit has gone down on Twitter, and I'm like just right. digging into Twitter and also being like, well, I, I mean, I gotta get dressed and go to work, so hold on, let me do both of right. these things like, at I, once. I have to. It's like. I have to continue to live through all yes. of this. There is shit. like constantly news and it's constantly distressing and constantly right. like making the world more complex, but also like yeah. I got to get coffee and go to work. So and Cody, right. yeah. What is this movie about? <laughs> this movie, I'm glad you asked. So, it's the end of the world and Clive Owen feels depressed. Um, after his ex-wife asks him to help her out with some bureaucratic fudgery, he finds himself caught up protecting the first woman to be pregnant in 18, 18 years while a ver- variety of forces try to stop them. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so basically somewhere. like 18 to 20 years ago, everyone who was pregnant right. basically had a miscarriage and mm-hmm. everyone stopped getting mm-hmm. pregnant. And Yes. No one really knows what happened exactly. There was like some sort of flu that went around that was like probably related. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they do. Society just kind of fell apart because there were no kids anymore, and like they call out just a lost hope. Flu pandemic of two thousand eight at some point in the movie. Um, 
Right. So that is what killed Clive Owen and Julianne Moore's son. Yeah. And so you could like extrapolate that maybe that has something to do with it, but it's not really clear what, which I kind of like. I think there's a lot in this movie that is a bit unclear. The ultimate mission of Clive Owen trying to escort the pregnant woman He's taking her to this organization, but it's not fully clear why or to what end. It is just kind of like, well, they'll protect yeah. her. And I kind of yeah. like those unanswered questions. It's, and it's kind uh, of like, even it. at the end of the movie, it's like, yeah, I hope it exists. Uh, yeah. Like, right. The whole Good time, it, they're taking him to the human project. And like right. Clive Owen is surprised that the human project exists and then he realizes that no one has actually talked or been in communication with the human project it's like julianne moore other than julianne well, moore who had and, died but julianne moore like talked to a guy who had a contact who at talked to a the guy they did that so like yeah, you know exactly. they're like super secretive mm-hmm. and there's like layers of communication there but it's also like they she could have just been lying um right and it, it's about like do, what do you do with hope do you like hold on to it or do you like keep it and weaponize it or do you like put it somewhere safe and hope that it grows like or do you just like give up on it like it's well to me that's kind of like the best uh it's hard because this movie is like wall-to-wall amazing scenes but to me what may be the best scene in the movie is they're in this fucking building and everybody's like shooting at each other Mm the military forces versus like like citizens with weapons you kind of have the group that was originally protecting the baby but wanted to use it for political purposes and you find out through twists that they were the ones who killed julian moore etc etc there's a lot to get into with this movie and i don't know how Mm -hmm. deep we're gonna get with that kind of stuff but all that is going on there's a skirmish clive owen is trying to protect um key is her name um who had just had the baby not that long ago and the baby is revealed to all the people in that building and you follow as all the soldiers and the um the opposing forces kind of stop as they kind of like witness the baby in kind of like a biblical fashion mm. and then Clive Owen and Key get far enough away and someone like shoots something down from the building and just chaos erupts again so they just had that moment of hope where they were fixed yeah. on fixated on it and it was that fleeting to them yeah. where they focus back in on fighting again yeah. and I find that scene so like chilling but also like yeah, I mean, really it's, incredible it's so beautiful as they're all just like because they they're 18 years deep into hopelessness where like they kind of know that they're all walking into extinction together like eventually Mm -hmm. yeah the world is not going to have humanity anymore because no one can bear children right um and so out of that hopelessness comes violence but then like yeah all it took was like seeing a baby for them to just stop and like yeah when the military guys are like like hold back hold back like no guns down guns down and like it's, some it's, random right. woman is like singing a hymn like it's just yes. gorgeous yeah because it's just like Such what do you scene. do other than just like essentially worship when you have like this hope right uh, it's it's wonderful uh but yeah then it the, the the turn of it just like immediately losing sight of it and immediately going back to your bullshit uh conflict right um is what but is. then i think it still ends right mm-hmm. i think it still ends 
on hope, Clive Owen, you know, dies getting her close enough and her picked up by the boat, and she is the last chance for humanity. And that and then and that's really cool. This movie's good. Yeah. Um there's so much plot stuff. I don't know how much we really want to get into with specific plot points. Mark, is there anything you want to like highlight? Um, I mean, I definitely want to talk about Michael Caine, who is kind of easy to ignore in the plot. Um, he is plot wise easy to ignore, but he is a big part of this movie. Yeah. I mean, he kind of represents someone who he's so good in this and he plays just like a hippie guy that lives in the woods and grows his own weed. Um, he based his performance on John Lennon, supposedly. Yeah, and I mean, that oh, okay. totally checks out. Um, but he just, like, yeah. lives in the woods with his, like, I think paraplegic or just, like, completely paralyzed wife. Um, right. And is kind of, like, just zen about all of it in a way that, like, is is almost, like, should he be more concerned? But at the same time, it's like, well, also, if there's no hope, then there's no hope. Um, yeah. Right. So enjoy I mean, your th- th- final days they... in the woods if you want to. Right. Yeah. There, they, there's suicide kits in this movie, which I like. Kind of disturbed me, like how callously they were kind of like thrown around and like advertised and yeah. stuff. I was like, ooh, that's grim. Um, like Michael Caine has them in his house, but he's using them to, he says, to kill the rats because it's good rat poison. But then at the end, you know, this movie does. At the end, he does right. use it on his wife, and then he mm-hmm. gets shot by um, bad guys. Shit away at Geo Four, um, but it it has kind of moments of humor in it, which I really like. There's that kind of strange scene where he goes to someone he knows early on to forge the papers. And like, he walks into this person who is like a rich person in society. And it just has the statue of David, but yeah. it's like fucked up a little well, bit. So there's so an artificial that leg. Place and is, like, they call it the arc of the arts. And he is basically, mm. I mean, he is just gone and like just stolen ancient art from museums and, you know, cultural places. Who and played idea, him again? I'm right. trying to remember the actor. I was surprised to see him. Was that Danny Huston? Was uh, that where yeah, he was in this so. movie? Um, yes, yes, that was. But, mm-hmm. but I, I, his, I, in theory, his place is like a cultural, like, museum kind of. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, what children are you going to educate? Um, right, but, but, and everybody else is just kind of like, I don't care right yeah. now but yeah. but he there's asked him like where, how do you he, he asked him how Clive do you, like, goes through a school and it's just like totally abandoned um yes right know. yeah um but but he asked danny danny is it houston or huston he asked him how do you like huston. deal with the fact that none of this will last like we're 50 years from extinction is what he says and he's just like i just i mm-hmm. just don't think about it which, I mean, I right. think is probably how I would deal with it is, I mean, you yep, know, same. here we are, I you mean, know, trying not to think about <laughs> right. the fact that, it's, you know, thousands of people are dying every day. Well, it's kind of a, right. yeah, it's a microcosm for what we're in now with the pandemic, but it's also a microcosm for, like, just life in general. Like, all of us are going to mm-hmm. die. Like, all of us are going to die, and we don't think yeah. about it. Like, I don't think about the fact that one day I'm right. just not going to be here. And when I do, like right now, I'm starting to mm-hmm. think about it and I'm starting to get a little sad and I'm starting yeah, to reject me out. it. But, so let's it move freaks me out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, but like, the that difference is, between us, our, humani- our finality and the finality of like 
this movie is like, yes, I can yeah. do things with my life and influence people like, you know, at work, I talk, I can leave a legacy yeah, of some like sort. I can, yeah. I can, you know, I, I teach kids who will probably live after me and like, you know, I leave mm-hmm. some sort of legacy and it's not like, you know, in 50 years, maybe someone that I've, I've impacted will impact someone else and just kind of like pass it on. Whereas for these people, it's like, in, in right. you know, the youngest person alive is 18. In 80 years, right. the youngest person alive will murdered. be 98 at the youngest. Like, so right. there is mm-hmm. like yeah. a limit to how long society can sustain itself unless something is fixed. And we don't have any idea and how to it. it really fix becomes anything. a question of what is the point? Right. And, and the question is what is the point of fucking doing literally anything in that case? Yeah. You know, and, and that, that's kind of what people deal with. Um, do we want to talk about the zombie in the room, Chad? Oh, the fact um, that the which last is something of I us think both... was literally <laughs> modeled after this exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, which, which last of us is still brilliant and it still does its own thing. Like, I don't think this is like a plagiarism type thing of where they're just doing children no. of men or something like that, but it definitely is inspired by, mm-hmm. and it's interesting like, that you, you picked up better that it was doing the same thing where what I picked up on was, Oh, if they cast Clive Owen in the HBO <laughs> last of a show, that probably it's be because they based Joel off of Clive Owen in this movie. <laughs> right, right. Right. But yeah, like, they just made him Southern. Mm-hmm. Like in the last of us, Joel was hired by the, or this old connection who dies, um, <laughs> to mm-hmm. go deliver this girl mm-hmm. to a mysterious place where there's hope. Um, right. Yeah, and it, it's just so many about so many things about the aesthetics of the movie, like all these like uh, security checkpoints at the b- entrances of each city, like are so Last of Us. Right. It's yeah, everything about mm-hmm. this movie. I was just like, oh, the Last of Us stole this from that, and right yeah, now, Last of Us Two definitely diverges from what this one is, but sure. definitely that first one is pretty inspired by that, which is interesting because yeah. that's a zombie thing. Um, but they did kind of map a lot of stuff. Totally. It, it Maybe unconsciously, but it's but it's it, it's a, it's. And I feel like the, the developers show, of that you, game would probably say Children of Men was a major influence on them. Yeah, was it major I, I, I would I would yeah. think so. Um, Cody, in in the show notes, you point out that there's a lot of animals in this movie, and that's another thing. But the Last of every Us, every shot supposedly has yeah. one, and yeah. and the Last of Us has <laughs> like a lot of animals i mean i think about the giraffe scene in in the first last of us mm-hmm. and like everything is overgrown mm-hmm. with like grass or trees um and and so both of them and I, I kind of play into like once humanity is gone the world is not gone like you know nature will so that's what you think that the animal yeah, scenes I mean, I, kind of represent I, I think so it's it's like as yeah. humanity fades then like you know dogs will keep living you know, because so you have to think that, right, like, because it's me, never it's said that like it is a, a. It's like a step further than that. Like, hum. I see it as like humanity messed up, and like something, whether it's like through pollution or like whatever, we can't continue to go on. And like, 
but the animals who just have like kind of been doing their own thing, they they got it right, and they're continuing to have babies. They're not under the yeah. same curse humanity is under. Um, yeah, whatever right. that is. I mean, it, it it never calls out that like it 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 doesn't ever say like oh, and it's affecting dogs too. Like there's nothing but, like but, that. I mean, the assumption is animals are fine. It never yeah. even addresses that at all. But you kind of have to assume that like I mean, dogs don't necessarily live eighteen years super often. So the fact that there's a little right, Yorkie exactly. at one person's house is like, you know, this Yorkie was born after the last human was born, you have to assume. Yeah. yeah yes, every, exactly. Pretty much every yeah. animal I see, I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah. Yeah. He's still getting born. Yeah. I, but, but it's basically, it's not like literally every single shot, but it's, it's every scene has and a lot of a lot of in characters it, have um, dogs just in the background and stuff. or mm-hmm. you know right. there the are just woman stray dogs that's helping them around. in the end is carrying a dog with her the whole time mm-hmm. yeah 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 there's a cat there's a couple um, of cats yes definitely a couple cats um what let's do you guys want to do like some actor rundowns really quick yeah i kind of want to talk about what what happened with Clive Owen Clive Owen is so good in this movie, and I was just like, why is he not in so, a trillion things? I think I know what happened to Clive Owen. I think Gerard, bad Gerard Butler happened to Clive Owen, and they're the same person, and Gerard Butler got bigger, and there's only room for one of them. Well, I'll tell you a little secret. One of them's a good actor, and it's not Gerard no, Butler. No, I'm, so. I'm with you. Just Gerard Butler is the one who exploded and had a had the bigger career but they're like the kind of the same type and i feel like clive owen could have gone for the uh olympus has fallen trilogy but they gave it to gerard uh, stuff like that but, he, but i think he picked better movies at times and then ended up in some small things i, don't I, know. I think that he's I not mean, completely gone like he shows up and stuff but i just am like Wow, I would expect him to be pretty huge. I mean, he is he's great um, in this movie, he's but he's not showy at all and he's pretty understated. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't have like a monologue where he like really shows his like acting right. chops. It's all in like reacting right. and like being somber mm-hmm. and and you know, it and he it's he's not even an action that, performance. Yeah, he's got that like unspoken presence of right. That like it's kind of hard to put your finger on it, but like you just look at him and he's a movie star, and he doesn't have to be showy to like get you in the scene and like in his headspace. So I actually just looked it up, and upcoming he is the lead of a TV show based on a Stephen King book um, that is directed by the director of Jackie. Um, oh, cool. So he'll probably be all right. Um, and guess who plays his wife in that movie or in that upcoming show? Julianne Moore. Yes. Really? Correct oh, Amanda. great. Wow, that was a guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So so it's it, it's a reuniting of them. Awesome. Um, Good. Which is really cool. Um, but he, Mark, if you remember, um, is in a movie that... I at least really liked. I think you liked as well, but I can't remember. I don't know if Chad ever saw it. That's why I'm leaving Chad out of this narrative. But he is the villain on Gemini Man, and I think he's good in that. Oh, right. uh, yeah. He also has a I've couple totally scenes in um, Born Identity, which I love, and he's good in. Oh, he is good in that, but he's like 
kind of barely in that weird Yeah, he's way. like the assassin they fight at the end. Speaking mm. of barely in things, the the white guy with dreads in this movie who keeps getting like fucked up by like the door and like Clive Owen punching yeah. him and stuff. Yeah. That's ch- that's Charlie Hunnam. That is person who we know who he is, Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> Just looks way different. Remind me who Charlie Hunnam is? He was cast in 50 King Shades Arthur at Legend first. of the Sword. Yeah, Pacific uh, Pacific Rim. Um, I probably know him from You that. haven't seen any it. of those? I saw Pacific Rim. He's in like Sons of Anarchy or something. It. I really oh, okay. only know. He's the Sons of Anarchy guy. I only guy. know the name because he was cast in Fifty Shades of Grey and then he like backed out at some point. That's when I learned who he was. And right. Then I, he was going to be Christian Grey. super useful since then. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes, he, he was going to be Christian Grey. He was in, he was in King Arthur... Like I said, he's in Triple Frontier, which is a pretty good movie. He's in Crimson Peak. Like he's in a bunch of shit, but yeah, he I, like I've not. You could it's, not. It's tell funny it how there's some actors where I just have not seen anything they've been in, <laughs> and he's one of them. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. I, I um, you should. I think I saw like half of Pacific Rim, so there's a chance I didn't even like see him in that movie. <laughs> You probably saw him in that. Uh, he him. is the lead, so you saw him. I just remember he seeing Charlie the Day. one main character. Charlie Day is the only person I remember in that okay. movie. <laughs> um, Hunnam's not a bad actor. He just sometimes picks kind of rough I projects. also think he's he's um, always kind he's of... He's pretty solid. He's never like the standout thing in the movie he's in. Like Even Pacific Rim, where he is the lead, he no. is like second to a robot. Or mm-hmm. Idris right. or Charlie Day yeah. or whoever. He isn't like a, like a um, fun character. He's, in... he's just like the main character. Right. He is also in Lost City of Zed, which is the official name oh, of I that need movie. to see that movie. Even though we would say Z. Oh, I know. Um, I, I which remember people the first say time I heard incredible. Zed, I was very confused. I didn't know Zed was the English Z until... Like pretty yes. recently, it's also it probably until the Lost City of Zed. I think is when I learned that. <laughs> right. Um, but that is a movie where again he is the lead, and I haven't seen it. But I think what I know from it is people talking about Robert Pattinson in it and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, I really need Robert to see Pattinson that movie. People say it's incredible, mm. uh, especially because I love uh, Ad Astra so much, and it's the same director. Um. Some other actor things to talk about. Best picture alumni. So we got Julianne Moore. What movie was she from, boys? Magnolia. Uh, Boogie Correct, Nights. Correct, Amundo. Uh, and then we got Wasn't she also Michael Caine. Okay. She is in Boogie Nights, yeah. She is in Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I forgot that, that I picked both of yeah, those movies. But yeah, she is. <laughs> right. Um, Michael Caine, what's he from? This one's easy. Uh, you you cut out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Michael Caine. What movie is he from? Uh, Batman ba- Begins. Batman, Batman Begins. That's right. So we also have Ke- uh, that leads us into Cape Check. Michael Caine is obviously in um Batman Begins. Who else? Uh, uh, who else are is superheroes? In, uh, Thor. Nope. Who idiot. I- Chad, try. What's shit away in? Uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, right. Correct. He's also in the Old Guard. I would have accepted Old Guard. Oh, I had some very recent that. superhero movie. No, yeah. Right. He doesn't play a superhero uh, movie. Who, doesn't matter. And Michael Caine doesn't play a superhero. William Stryker. 
Exactly. Danny Huston is William Stryker. One of the like six strikers in that film series. They recast him a couple of times. Yeah. Um, It's Brian Cox at one point. Brian Cox is probably the best William Stryker. Brian Cox was in X2. Um, And then Danny Houston in Origins Wolverine. And then there's a young one in Days of Future Past. And I think there is yet another one in... Um, apocalypse, apocalypse. When they briefly check apocalypse. in, yeah. When they briefly check in at the, I think I think it's the same one. Is it not the same one from past. Days of Future yeah. Past? I, I think it's the same one. Think they might have replaced him. Okay, I don't. I don't know for sure. I'm not confident in that. Um, yeah, I think that's all the superheroes. Unless I forgot one, Julianne Moore feels like she should be in a superhero movie, huh? I I don't know. Like I, I'm fine with her like being in. I think everybody saying. should, but but like doing an Annette Bening thing for like in Captain Marvel, Annette Bening's role in that movie, like Julianne Moore doing that kind put, of thing, put I her think would in not be horrible. Yeah, put her in one superhero movie like Annette Bening, but don't tie her to a franchise. Let her keep making. Her, yeah, that's her exactly what I mean. I yeah. I don't want her to play a superhero necessarily. Right, just have her be like the a fun like, villain or something. You know. I mean, she could have been, like, the person who ran the Red Room in the Black Widow movie, but she's not. Um, mm. You know, she could do that kind of thing. Um, but uh, Julie yeah. Delpy ran um, the Black Widow program in Age of Ultron. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, Julie Delpy's in it. And, yeah. Um, I think that's all the actor information I have. Uh, let's hop into, I like... Have, I have how successful this I have movie? agent striker okay. updates tell um don creech okay. played striker in first class josh hellman played him uh-huh. in days of future past and then played him again uh-huh. in apocalypse okay um was there another one so in, like, days of future so past and apocalypse were the same actor but did the um, wolverine first class, first class had one have a striker i don't think they did no um i do not think yeah. so Okay. I'm on the I'm on the it is still Striker. four strikers, which is pretty wild. I'm on the Agent Striker Wikipedia page. It's too <laughs> cool. many. Yeah. Um. So, oh, actually, before we get into how successful this movie was, like awards wise and like money wise and critically, I want to talk about the fact that I watched a DVD copy of this that promoted HD DVD at the beginning <laughs> of it. I just found that fun. That is, they have <laughs> I was the, like, well, you guys bet two, on the wrong horse. 2006 is the era of pre-Blu-ray HD DVD. <laughs> right. Well, it, it was when Blu-ray and HD DVD were like fighting out mm-hmm. and Blu-ray won. Yeah. Um, it's a better, What's it's a interesting better is we're not having this kind of war now. It is just like, eh, no, 4K. We're not going to try again. We're not going to try to do two formats. It just is 4K. Um which is fun. Well, okay, it's, success. It's 4K. Was nominated for three. What it is? 4K it's, Blu-ray. It's 4K yes, Blu-ray. I guess you're but right. But like at the same time, it's like it's HD DVD, which is an extension of DVDs versus Blu-rays. Um. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um. So this movie was nominated for three Oscars: best adapted screenplay, best cinematography, best editing. All those make sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, totally. Apparently, it's. It's relatively pretty different from the book in several ways. Like There's in the a book, book, it's like the it won best adapted screenplay. Yes, okay, um, <laughs> or nominated for. Yes, it, <laughs> well, I guess 
Chad, I guess in your defense, it could have been a stage play, <laughs> um, which would have been a very strange stage play. I um, but would yes, love it's to a see book. that stage play directed like the plays in Rushmore, <laughs> like. <laughs> But it's right, right, right. Where there's a full on like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, flying but so in the book, the baby is his like it's his wife's baby, uh, like, and that's who he's like. So there's a few things like that. I can't remember all of the examples, but that is the one that stuck out to me. Where it's like it is the Julianne Moore character who he is trying to protect. Key is like a completely new addition, and I think it actually serves the movie better for it I to be someone so. random. I think that. That addition of the new character is key in its success. It, I think Great. that it's key. Um, I think uh, that she's the key to all of this. No, I understand. Um, I think the book was trying to literally do a bit more of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Um, uh, and this book yeah. and the movie had elements of that, but it made it less overt. But I, I think it was like kind of more clearly. I did that notice at a couple of times when people like see the movie or sorry see the baby or just her pregnant belly for the first time the reaction is jesus christ <laughs> which i found right right no fun. that's that is very on purpose yeah. i think yeah. yeah i think it is definitely playing with that yeah um so mark uh, so, so i i said what was nominated for three oscars but in in the monologue you talk about alfonso Cuarón's one of the most nominated people in yeah oscar so history he has a record uh for like he is tied for a record of most categories that he was personally nominated for. Got it. Okay. Um, because he was nominated for original screenplay for E2 Mamo Tambien, adapted screenplay for this, editing for this, picture and director for Gravity, and then cinematography for Roma. So that's six distinct categories. He duplicated some of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Roma um, was also original screenplay, Roma got picture, picture, and director. Yeah. Um, and Gravity yeah. got um, Wow, that's... But do you know who he's tied with, Cody? Or Chad? Uh, Walt Disney, Disney would be my I would guess. Who's the other person? Disney as well. It's Disney. But who's the oh. other person? The, yeah, because... Um, shit. Hmm. Because Disney got a lot of weird ones because he would get like he would get he would um, get live action nominations and like because he was a producer so he yeah, would get like he, live action short animated shorts, short or best documentary short or best documentary like yeah. you want a lot of those weird ones you wouldn't expect. Okay, Mark, since you're oh, framing man. it as like a flex, is it's not like Soderbergh or something, is it? That'd no, be weird. but it okay. is a best picture alum. Hmm. A best picture alum. So we've already covered it. Mm-hmm. So it's not Bong. No. Who was nominated in quite a bit. Bong has the record of most wins in one night tied yeah. with Disney. Tied with Disney. Um, um, in one night. So who the fuck have we talked about on I mean, this show? It, My is brain it has easy? Is it just is... Steven Spielberg? No. It's not Steven okay. Spielberg. Oh, Co- is it Cohen's? Because no. they did the... Um, the the pseudonym to edit no. is it PTA? No. God, okay, t- tell us because this is probably insufferable to listen to. So, like, <laughs> you know him mostly as an actor. We've only covered him as an actor. Oh, we've only covered him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Oh, Clint nope. Eastwood. Well, he we covered him Mark. as a director. Clint of the Eastwood same movie. has gotten a uh, right, but Clint Eastwood has gotten a. Mu- 
music nomination before. Okay. That's why I thought there was a This chance. person has gotten director, um, original screenplay, supporting actor, lead actor, and then adapted screenplay. What the fuck? Uh, Is it Tom Hanks? No. Clooney? Fuck, I give up, Mark. I- Clooney. <laughs> it's Clooney? Clooney! It's Clooney. Wow. That actually makes sense. Good, Because Good, good Night good. and Good Luck was original uh, screenplay, was and Ides of March was adapted sure, screenplay. Yeah. And then he produced... Ides of, March got, Ides of March got an adapted screenplay nomination? Ides of March is pretty good. No, I like that movie, but it seemed like a lot of other people didn't. So it's just crazy he got a nom. Um, he wow. also produced Argo. George Clooney's best actor, like lead actor nominations are weird because it's Michael Clayton, Up in the Air, and The Descendants. I've, I haven't seen Michael Clayton. Which I think he's good in all of those. He, I mean, up, I'm sure Up he in is. the Air and The Descendants are are both good and he's good in them. But like, I don't yeah. know if he's like lead, well, best me, lead actor. The best Clooney is when he's being kind of silly. Like when there's a like an air of like... When he thinks he's Which the smartest the person, definitely is. Oh, oh, okay. I, I'm not familiar with that. I thought it was like sad. Well, I mean, it's not type movie. It, it's oh not... no, no, no! You would like Up in the Air. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know oh, much about for it. for sure. But... Cool. It is. Yeah, I, I no, wouldn't it, call it... it silly, but it's like lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It's but lighthearted, like, and he's like I think his trading jabs with Anna Kendrick. I think him at his best is him in Burn After Reading. Like playing that, like okay, so it's it's not quite him at Cohen speed, sure. but it is definitely like a lighter, fun movie. I mean, Anna Kendrick got a nomination for it. it it's kind oh, of crazy how Oscar it. nominated that movie it's, really is. It's Jason Reitman, right? Yes, it is. Yes. the director of oh, okay. Juno. So, so it was right after Juno, and so there was some like it's a lot like of love for him. I feel like he gets a lot of like the Academy just loves him. Well, uh, Hugh Jackman would tell you differently because they completely ignored the front runner, which Hugh Jackman was good in, but that movie was just okay. Uh, what what was um, Clooney's I supporting about that movie? Um, Siriano. Movie I've not seen. Okay, Same. Um, he won for that though. His his two yeah, that, wins. That's his Oscar. Do you know what his other Oscar is? I don't think that it was for acting, but I might be wrong. It's Argo for picture. Producer, yeah. See, uh, yeah. I knew it was. I knew it's it was so not weird. an acting. Well, that's what Brad Pitt had an Oscar for was producing Twelve Years a Slave, but he didn't have an acting yeah. nominate. Oh, win until this past year. Um, yeah. So it was weird. It's like, oh no, no, no. Brad Pitt has an Oscar, just not for the thing that we know him for doing he, that well. Right. And he was in that movie, but a very small role as a slave owner. Right. Uh yes. I actually did. He. I th- n- he was like an ally. I, don't I think he was like working along. I think it was like a hired hand working alongside slaves on some project. And then he was like, "You should be a free man." Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you find your people again. Something like that. I don't think he was a slave owner. Yeah, should should probably rewatch that movie at some point. Yeah, we're I, going we're, to at some point because it yeah, won Best right. Picture. It's uh, it's not a fun movie, but it's a very good movie. Movie was the very first movie. movie I ever saw alone in a theater, like. Going Strange. by myself. Um, Mine was so, uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Saw that by myself in a theater. I could not tell you what mine was. Probably Lego shit or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, you saw Lego, Lego Ninja. Actually, Lego no, because I saw that one with Mark. I did see Lego Ninjago by myself. I did. <laughs> um, so, uh, success at this movie real quick. Um, like, 
otherwise. It's got a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.2 on Letterboxd. Pretty good stats it's putting up there. But where it puts up really bad stats is it is a movie that was technically a big old failure because it had a $76 million uh, box office and its budget was 70. So yeah. that is so what it, we like, call in the industry uh, not good. Well, I mean, it, it made its budget back, but like barely, no, not but really didn't. the advertising budget. I mean, yeah. Yeah. When you exactly. consider all the marketing that's the thing, stuff, is it? That's when it, yeah. But it's not like a you flop normally kind of have means. to double it. It's not a total flop, but it, they didn't make money off of it, and they did lose some money off of it, especially because it seems like they paid for some bit of an Oscar campaign, which these um, studios will do sometimes. If a movie's not going to make a lot, they push it for Oscars, and they start doing that as kind of their approach um, and spend a lot of money on Oscar campaigns. So they spent quite a bit of money on this movie, but it it, it kind of makes sense why it took so long for grown to make a movie again well um, i'm really i'm looking at wikipedia and he also like started a production company and distribution company right in in the meantime so he just kind of like went on a different path for a little bit well and just needed to get the money to make a movie like gravity and it's also pretty telling that his next movie which he wanted to be a personal drama but it was shot black and white it's two and a half hours long Etc. He went to Netflix, who just will hand you a blank, like a yeah. blank check, where you can, yeah, I mean, make m- movies for ungodly amounts of money. Um, okay, I think that's all we have to talk about, boys. But first, um, yeah, we we got to decide: is this movie better than Nacho Libre? So mm. I think I want to start with Mark. Uh, do you think this movie is better than Nacho Libre? Um, I think it is. No hate to Nacho Libre. Uh, but yeah. Cracked.com didn't like it as much. Cracked.com did not like right. Children of Men as much or did not like <laughs> Nacho Libre as much? Didn't like Nacho Libre as much. Oh, and uh, really, right. that's my yeah, source for movie movie so. opinions. So. Right. You just right, borrow right, the opinions from their After Hours uh, video series. Right. Um, I didn't watch the videos. I just read the articles. Pulls. The listicles. Um, listicles. Yes. Listicles. Yes. Chad, what's better? Well, no, you actually, there's drama there, so you can be last. Um, so, Cody, is there, is, is Nacho Libre? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I feel like, I feel like, of- I feel like having him pick would actually make a little bit of drama for your pick, Cody, potentially. No, it won it. Mine's obvious. You pick Children of Men. I also pick Children of Men. Chad is the one where there's a question mark. Yeah, but for him, it'll be um, like, is it going to be unanimous or not? Yeah. For you, Sh- technically, you Sh- could have uh, flopped on Nacho Libre a little bit. For, but for me... But there's there's just no way. There, we I The person who we don't know how they're going to answer is Chad. So Chad dramatically is last. So I think What's I did... What's better, Nacho think, Libre um, or Children on of Letterboxd, where you can follow me at Chad A. Oliver. That's also my Twitter and Instagram. I'm just going to plug that in now. Um, well, I put yeah, on I can Letterboxd. never remember when we do it anymore. We do it after like, this. I think, do we do, we it, do we this do it first? After. Yeah, yeah, we okay. do it after. I'm just doing okay. it now so I don't have to later. Y'all can do it whenever. Um, right, right. People are going to be so confused I when they skip I did... to the end to hear the plugs. Well, <laughs> right. 
if those people exist just to listen to like where can i find them again and then they skip to the yeah uh, right they just skipped at that thing but uh, if they were trying to do that they could find me at cody lunsford underscore on twitter and instagram right. and at cody lunsford on letterbox and the show at we pick picks w-e-p-i-c-k-p-i-c-s and mark um, watling you can find at watlington mark oh hey no i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait till the proper time okay Um, no because i'm not gonna do it uh, because right now we're gonna sneak them in so people are waiting to hear what chad's answer are and they had to hear the plugs so at Uh, wallington mark for all of his stuff uh including venmo joke uh uh, venmo joke oh let me give you my social security number and then uh, let the boys pretend to cut me off oh great okay so chad Um, what is your that's a a good bit i have to say uh so it's, I mean, Children of Men's a better movie, is the, the truth of it. Okay. I think I put them both as 4.5 on Letterboxd. I have no rhyme or reason for what I rank what on Letterboxd. Like, Chad, I know, and it drives me up the fucking wall, and it's your life, and you live truly, it how you want. But when I like, go to your list, when I go to your list of movies that we've covered on this podcast, yeah. and you will have like... A, a five star movie at like 25 and at 23 you'll have a three and a half it's not and I'm that just like, drastic what is ha- it's not that drastic i tend to it's not that drastic but it's, it's a, a gut little. thing typically and it's usually like how much did i like this movie um sure yeah. i think i like these movies about the same amount ish um for for vastly different reasons <laughs> I would, I would assume. <laughs> but that being said, I mean, Children of Men is just better and more moving, and you know, it, it gets you in the feels more. I guess is the sure the way to put it. Yeah. So uh, it is a unanimous decision. Children of Men so far is the greatest film of 2006. Yeah, we do have some heavy hitters in in 2006. I love it's, it's pretty exciting, the Prestige, and I'm looking forward to uh, revisiting it. Not to spoil the after credits, but we're spoiling spoil everything. This episode, the after credits, so. <laughs> right? Uh, the Prestige slaps ass, and really, what's interesting to me is Children of Men. I always thought was good, but it was better than I remembered. So, me talking about the Prestige next week, which is one of my favorite movies. There's a little bit of me that is scared that I, I, Cody, think Children of Men may be better, but we'll see. Um, um, I also have never watched The Departed, so I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, um, me too. Oh, The Departed is so... You haven't seen Departed either, no, Chad? No, and I, I like Scorsese. I like... Yeah, I, I just haven't seen it. Departed is fucking so, so good. Like, there's a chance that, that the Academy is right again this year. But I don't. I don't the know. The Departed is not a bad Oscar win at all. It yeah. really is not. Yeah. Uh, I think thank it, God after go, go doing Crash. This is <laughs> the first time in a while that I feel like the Academy has a chance here. Yeah. So well, this is this is the parasite to the Green Book. Like this is them flipping right. back and getting it so <laughs> right. Flipping so um, hard after. So, well, good. <laughs> right. Look forward to that. Um. So. Ah, uh, that is so exciting. Um, so like, let's wrap it up and just remind everybody. Hey, Mark, what is the best movie of two thousand six? Um, it's Children of Men. Uh, Chad, okay. what's the best movie of two thousand and six? Children of Men. Uh, Cody, what is the best film of two thousand six? The best film of two thousand six is Children of Men. Thanks everyone for listening, and remember, pull my finger. Was that your Michael Caine? Was that your Michael Caine?
So next episode on the podcast, we are talking about Christopher Nolan, king of trying to make us go back to the movie theaters. Uh, His movie from 2006, The Prestige, which is all about magicians doing magic tricks. Um, Believe it or not, um, even though nine streaming services have uh, shown up since the last time we record, The Prestige isn't on any of them, but you can rent it wherever you can find rentals. Um, or buy it on DVD. I'm sure it's like five bucks. Um, yeah. 